0: What is grace? Grace is community. Grace is passion. Grace is for everyone.
1: Today is the first Sunday in Lent and we begin a new series on the Apostle Peter, one of the three disciples closest to Jesus during his earthly ministry. Peter was actually named Simeon and his nickname was Peter which is where we get Simon Peter from we are going to explore his life and the things we learn through him about Jesus now Lent is a season typically marked by repentance and sacrifice and those things are certainly important but we also want to add things to our life too not just adding anything but specifically good things stop doing bad yes certainly but start doing good too otherwise what's the point Uh, If we don't grow and mature, we'll just fall into new bad habits and start the vicious cycle all over again. So through this season, we are looking at Simon Peter, seeing what we can add to our lives. What good do we learn from him that can be added in? Uh, Let's hear our scripture for today from Eric. Uh, This is in the book of Luke, when Jesus told Peter to follow him, and he did. He left everything to follow this man, Jesus. But why would he do that? What was so compelling that he walked away from everything he knew? Let's hear the story from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Hear now the word of the Lord.
0: Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake at Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have all worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of the fish that they had taken. So also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, from now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him.
1: And from 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, may we be an inclusive community, passionately following Jesus Christ. As we consider the call of those first disciples, help us to think through our own calling. Who are we? Who are we supposed to be? How can we better reflect Jesus in our lives, not just here in church, but every day and everywhere we go? In Christ we pray. Amen. Over the last week, stories have poured out from the Ukraine of people who are in a dire situation. At last check, over 1.4 million people have fled the Ukraine, becoming refugees overnight. They are fleeing because their country is under attack. And though the political reasons for this may be complicated, what is clear-cut is that innocent people are being attacked. And so, so far at least, hundreds have already died. For many of us, our hearts go out to these people. We can identify with how difficult this must be for them, and our impulse is to help, to give whatever support we can to help innocent victims. For some though, the impulse is to do more than just help from a distance. So far, Ukraine has had to fight this war on their own. They are not allied with NATO, and that means they don't get the military support from the US or the rest of Europe. It is just their military against a much larger Russian one. Last week, the Ukraine put out a call to people from around the world to join what the Ukrainian president called the International Legion. He said, your government might not send their army, but you can still fight. Some folks in the U.S. said they were inspired by the resistance Ukraine put up. Some even said they felt guilty as though Ukraine were fighting the battle against Russia on behalf of the rest of the world. One man said he saw pictures of a woman and her child being wounded and said he had to do something. Now he is on his way to Poland to cross the border into Ukraine on foot. Another man, Bryson, quit his job in New York so he could join the International Legion. But fighting isn't the only option to these people uh, to help them in tangible ways. Some are going to the Ukraine to help cook food, repair vehicles, and even report on what they see there to help inspire others. I just heard last night about people booking an Airbnb in Ukraine even though they don't plan to stay there. They have found a clever way to offer some direct help. At the dinner table of my family, we were talking about the situation in Ukraine. My children asked things like, where is Ukraine? How big is the country? Why is Russia invading? And who has the biggest army? And that last one generated even more discussion. And when I shared with them that the United States had the largest military in the world, you could see the pride on their faces. They liked being from a strong country. They were also quick to make the connection that Russia ought to be very careful not to provoke the United States or the rest of Europe. They could find themselves in a whole lot of trouble. But I very much appreciated my wife interjecting at that point. She said, you know, war is not something to glorify. Wars are made up of people, people like my brother who serves in the U.S. Navy. War means they are put in harm's way and could be hurt or killed. We never want that for others, we always want peace so that people can live full and happy lives. I hold a special place in my heart for the folks that will provide medical care in war zones. They are risking their lives day in and day out to literally save the lives of others. There are few examples that I can think of that so directly reflect the kind of selfless sacrifice exemplified by Jesus. Of all the ways someone could help those in need, it's the people that go into danger, right in the thick of the mess, and do nothing but help others to live that seem to really embody the message of Jesus. At this point in the church year, we are preparing our hearts and minds for the death and resurrection of Jesus at Easter. Lent is a time where we think about how our lives can reflect the values and principles Jesus taught. And that only happens through growth in spiritual discipline. Some of you have chosen to practice some of these disciplines. My wife Emily told me that one person from Grace shared with her that since he was a little boy, he has never eaten sweets during Lent. I don't know how he does it. I just see the color green and I find myself on autopilot to McDonald's for a shamrock shake. I don't even know that I'm doing it. But that practice of depriving oneself of certain kinds of food is one way to build up our patience and perseverance, to hold on a little longer to the kind of life Jesus has for us when everything inside of us is telling us to do things the way we know is not right. As we build up our perseverance, our fortitude, as we develop our gifts given by God, we become more and more like Jesus. But imagine what it would have been like for the people who first met Jesus. Those first disciples that were asked to follow Jesus even though they hadn't seen all the incredible things he would do during his life. They didn't know Jesus was showing us the example of God's love for the world. They didn't know Jesus would die so that we might live. They didn't know the miracles of healing and people raised from the dead would point to his own coming resurrection. In Luke chapter 5, we hear the story of Peter, who decides to follow Jesus and become his disciple. Interestingly, this is not Simon Peter's first encounter with Jesus. In the first chapter of the Gospel of John, we hear about John the Baptist and how some of his followers leave him and go follow Jesus. One of these people is the brother of Simon Peter. Peter's brother goes and gets him, Peter, and brings him to Jesus Jesus takes one look at Simon Peter who remember is is just called Simon or Simeon at this point and Jesus says to him you are Simon son of John you are to be called Peter which is the greek word and the name meaning rock so Simon gets a new nickname from Jesus Simon was a really popular name during the time of Jesus because not too long ago there had been a rebellion against the roman empire Everyone named their kid Simon as a way to stick it to the Roman Empire. It would be like naming your child George right after the American Revolution. George Washington is the hero of liberty, right? That's what the name Simon signaled. But Jesus sees Simon and right away says, you are a rock. He is to be steady, consistent, and trustworthy." And what does Simon do as Jesus declares this new persona for him? How does the rock answer the call of Jesus when maybe he's not so sure whether he should believe him or trust him? He answers by doing nothing. He goes back home. He continues the family business of fishing in the Sea of Galilee. Lucky for Simon Peter and for all of us, He gets a second chance. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus has traveled up north to near Peter's hometown. As Jesus is preaching to a large crowd, there just isn't enough space. So he climbed into Peter's boat and pushed out a little bit so that they can hear him preach. After he finishes, he tells Peter to push out even farther to put his nets down to catch fish. Peter doesn't want to do it. They fished all night, caught nothing, and now the nets are cleaned and ready for the next night when it is an ideal time for fishing. Now is not that time. Peter is probably exhausted from the night of work, and yet he does what Jesus commands. He pushes out and he lowers the net. Back then, the most popular way to fish would have been to use a a drag net. The net would have been spread across the water, and as two boats worked together with the net between them, the fish would get caught in the net, then they would continue to work together to haul in that catch. It seems like what is being described here, though, is that Peter alone is lowering one single net, not a dragnet. And when he pulls up his single net, seemingly miraculously, Peter catches so many fish, the boat is filled to the point that it almost sinks. And then a second boat is filled up too. His one single net caught more fish than the dragnet would have caught after a whole night of fishing. Peter is so confounded by this, he falls to his knees and begs Jesus to go away. This is all too much for him. In that moment, Peter saw Jesus for who he was. Not just a man with wise words, but a man of power man so in tune with the world around him that spiritual forces were clearly at work. Simon Peter simply couldn't handle it. And throughout the Bible, there are people who are called by God, Moses, Jeremiah, Hosea, and often they said no to God's call. Moses said he stammered and thought no one would follow him if he spoke. Jeremiah, he responds to God saying, I can't speak on behalf of God. I'm too young to do that. Peter is in a similar place. He knows Jesus is calling him and he says, I can't do it. I am not worthy. He is like the prophet Isaiah. Some of you might know this story. Isaiah sees these things, these creatures with six wings that are calling back and forth, saying, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty. And Isaiah says, I'm doomed. I'm a sinner. The holiness of God in that moment made him see his own sinfulness. And so the prophet Isaiah says he can't speak God's word to the people. He can't do it. He's not good enough for this task. But then one of the creatures flies up to Isaiah and touches his lips with a hot coal and says, This coal has touched your lips and burned off your guilt. Your sins are forgiven. This is what is happening to Peter. He realizes his guilt. He knows he is not worthy to even be around Jesus, let alone travel with him and help spread his message to the world. And yet Jesus says, don't be afraid. From now on you will catch people, not fish. He's telling him, Peter, you are going to preach for me. You are going to help people know how much God loves them. And by the end of this exchange, Peter's life is changed forever. Whatever his life meant before, there was something at work here that was too important to ignore. After some of John the Baptist's disciples started following Jesus, Peter feels like he has to do the same. He commits his life to following Jesus, telling the world about what he sees and hears from this rabbi, from his master. On Ash Wednesday, I told some of you about the challenges I had when I first became a father. I had gotten very used to being single. And then when I got married, I had to figure out how to negotiate with Emily. Sometimes we wanted different things. Sometimes we didn't agree on what to eat for dinner. Picking a restaurant to go to was so hard for us newlyweds. But when babies come along, it's a whole new ball game. Have you ever tried negotiating with a crying, screaming baby? It just doesn't work very well, does it? And I was not adjusting to this new life. I wasn't ready for a call to a new life as a father. It wasn't until God spoke to me in a crowd of thousands of people, all in total silence, that I finally got it. I'm a father now. It's time to act like it. Say yes to this new calling and do your best. You know, there's a CEO years ago who did something counterintuitive. After they hired new people to the business, they would wait a few weeks and then they would make them an offer. They would give them $1,000 if they would just quit their jobs. Doesn't make sense, right? What they were doing was saying, look, if this is a mistake to work here, don't stay. We'll pay you to make the right decision for yourself. And what the company got out of this was a group of people who were totally committed totally sold out on the kind of culture they were building in that business. And that's what I want for you today. I want that for everyone I meet. I want people to love what they are doing. I want people to quit doing the things that don't bring life. Fishing for your father's business like Simon Peter did might seem like it's the right thing, but it is nothing compared to answering the call of God in your life theologian Frederick Buchner describes answering the call like this it's where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet can you hear in that how responding to the crisis in the Ukraine does that you can give money to help, yes. You can even go into the war zone and cook meals or save lives, but you've got to do the thing that lights you up, the thing that makes you joyful. The call of God is not to misery. It's not to be mundane. It's to transform the world and to be transformed while you're doing it. It doesn't matter where you are right now. It matters that you are answering the call on the journey with Jesus. Last thing, Uh, Justin Wren was an all-American wrestler who became a mixed martial arts fighter. He was really good at it, too, and eventually joined one of the best fighting teams on the planet. Unfortunately, the pain and suffering the job caused eventually led to painkillers and then narcotics. His addictions led to him being kicked off of that team. Everybody had abandoned him except for one guy, Jeff. Jeff just kept calling Justin two, three times a day, inviting him to go on a Christian retreat with him. Justin didn't want to go because he didn't care about some kumbaya campfire stuff, but eventually he relented. On the retreat, he found the men were raw and real. Justin gave his life to Jesus, and he started sharing his story at prisons and local ministries. Then God gave him a vision of working in the jungles with people who are poor and oppressed. He told his mentor, who immediately recognized what he was describing, he said, those are the Mbuti in the Congo. I am going there next month. Justin jumped in joining in on the trip and spent time among these people. The problems were even worse than he could have imagined. So after his trip, he went back to that country to school there, learning how to share Christ. He lived among them for years to know them and learn their language. He said he stayed in a little grass hut. He even got malaria, which nearly killed him. But through it all, he says, he felt more at home there, telling these people about God who loves them than he ever did at the gym. In the ring. The Mbuti gave him a name which translates to the big man that loves us. Justin answered the call, and his life has more meaning now than it ever did before. I don't know where you are in your journey. Maybe you are like Simon Peter, you know about Jesus, but you're still fishing in the lake. Maybe you are like Justin, and after hitting rock bottom, You are helping the poor and oppressed. Or maybe you have given up everything. You have walked away from the life you knew to embrace the future that God has for you. Wherever you are in the journey, today is another chance. Another chance to say yes to Jesus. Jesus is here again, just like he was with Peter, asking if you will follow. Answer the call, my friends. You are made worthy of this calling because God makes you worthy. That's all it takes. You might not feel that way, but you are. So live for God that the world might know the love of Jesus. Like he did with Peter, Jesus simply says to all of us, there is nothing to fear. Follow me. Amen? Amen.
0: For everything happening at Grace, check out our website at gumc.org.